G'day, g'day. It's me, Jonathan Cole, host of The Political Animals, and I'm trying something new, a new series or format that will sit alongside my long-form format, and it's going to be an uber-short-form format. I'm going to call them Intellectual Snacks, and in these little short, humble episodes, I'm going to simply read a single quote from a single great book written by a single great mind, and then share a little reflection or meditation on it. Why have I decided to embark on this particular format, given the long form is my my thing, as they say in the biz or some biz? Well, I wish I could say it was for some grandiose reason, some vision calling, you know, Jesus Christ himself appeared in a vision and gave me a special anointed mission to do this. But the truth is, I'm the kind of person who is periodically possessed in a vice-like, vicious way, almost a demonic kind of possession by certain ideas. And I literally cannot function bodily, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, unless I exhume, exude, trying to think of the right word here. Why do I always go to extremely (laughs) punsy words from the dictionary? I think the kids would say I'm flexing my vocabulary. It's a habit I have. In any event, the point is I've got to do something with these ideas or else life just comes to a grinding halt. And the other night, this particular idea annoyingly possessed me and here I am doing a new format. So in this inaugural episode, I'm going to begin with John Stuart Mill and his classic work on liberty, which was first published in 1859. And I'm going to focus particularly on a quote of his and an incredible insight on free speech. Uh, John Stuart Mill for the uninitiated is regarded as the father or at least one of the fathers, perhaps the midwife of liberalism, the political philosophy which putatively has shaped or defines the kind of political, socio-political existence we have now, although that existence obviously is in a state of flux and I think it's in a process of reorientation. We don't know exactly where it will land. There's lots of quacks out there uh, proffering to know exactly where it's going to land, but um, we can't believe those people. Before I get onto the quote, it is important to understand the context of the passage I'm going to read, and that is that Mill is trying to rebut an objection he foresees to something he characterizes as free discussion. And that is the claim that it's not necessary for those listening to speech to understand or hear even every argument for or against it. They don't need to hear all of those arguments in order to determine whether the thing being spoken is actually true. So that is the context. Now to the quote. Mankind ought to have a rational assurance that all objections have been satisfactorily answered. And how are they to be answered if that which requires to be answered is not spoken? Or how can the answer be known to be satisfactory if the objectors have no opportunity of showing that it is unsatisfactory? If not the public, at least the philosophers and theologians who are to resolve the difficulties must make themselves familiar with those difficulties in their most puzzling form. And this cannot be accomplished unless they are freely stated and placed in the most advantageous light which they admit of. Now, I want you to just appreciate how truly remarkable and how insightful this statement is. And I'll 
make a contrast with the kind of common defences of free speech we hear today? Because I, I'm of the view that this is a much nobler and a much more powerful, more cogent defence of free speech and a foundation really for affirming the value, utility, importance, the supreme utmost importance of free speech to any healthy functioning society. Mill's argument is really one about truth. In that sense, it's a kind of epistemological argument. He is saying that how on earth can anyone determine what is really true, given we are all liable to error, uh, mistakes, delusions, uh, failures of perception, biases, you name it. There's a lot of things you can throw in there. The only way we can really get to the truth is if there is a freedom for those, for anyone really, to challenge any statement that purports to be true, which is really all free speech. And if you think of the political realm, I think that is a fair characterization in a sense that all political analysis, all political talk really makes or assumes certain truth statements. So Mill's great insight is that if collectively as a society, we want to attain, obtain, or get even close to the truth, we have to have an open contest of ideas, because the only way you can be assured as the speaker in this free speech context that you are speaking the truth is if you hear challenges put, as he says, in their most puzzling <laughs> and most advantageous form, and you can then provide a defense or a rebuttal or an answer. Now, just think about what a contrast this makes with some of the arguments, not all of them, but some of the arguments we hear for free speech today. Often I get the sense that those who defend or propound free speech do so really with an emphasis on rights, to, in two senses really, the right of self-expression. That is, free speech is important because I need the right to express myself in any damn way I see fit, and no one else can constrain my ability to express myself, my ability to find my identity and my voice. The other kind of rights issue is a negative one in a way, which is that because of this emphasis on self-expression, which is really in vogue in our age, it's all about being you, your true self, your authentic self, you know, you do you, you be you. It's a lot of you, 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 second singular personal pronoun. Let's not get into pronouns though. I'll save that little one for another time. The idea in the sort of negative right sense is that no one has a right to curb your self-expression, including being offended. So if my authentic self means being a complete asshole and offending you, then you have no right to curb that because self-expression and authenticity is really the supreme value here. So I go back to Mill. This is a far nobler, more majestic reason to support free speech. It's about something big that is truth. And this is what we have lost. And this is really a much firmer basis for those of us who do champion free speech. And I am in that. This is something I think is extremely important. And if we want to go into this whole culture war thing, I don't like the culture war motif, but I, I have friends who who own it and that's fine what i what i am in no doubt about is that there is a cultural conflict going on and free speech is really where the rubber hits the road for me and so we do need to support free speech but i think by going back to mill we can put together a much more powerful case which is we all have a collective need responsibility duty desire to work out what is true about this 
often perplexing and baffling existence of ours. And in order to do that, we have to have the right to challenge views to speak truly. And really, one of Mill's insights is that being, having your speech challenged is good for the speaker. That is, it's great when people challenge you with intelligent criticisms because it forces you to defend your position. And if you can provide a cogent defense of your position, you end up stronger and your position is going to gain greater adherence. Um, a great theologian by the name of Oliver O'Donovan really came up with the best little adage about this, which is, and he says, and I quote, and again, so much from my single quote, the lover of truth has no greater friend than an intelligent critic. I think that gels with uh, Mill too. Now, just to completely stomp all over my promise earlier that these little episodes would A, go for five minutes and only include a single quote, I want to leave you with one more quote, just a few pages on in Mills on Liberty, because I, I think it sums up everything I've said, and this is what I want to leave you with. He says this, both teachers and learners go to sleep at their post as soon as there is no enemy in the field. The point there is if no one is challenging and no one has the right to challenge our speech, we're all going to become stupid, slumbering, sleeping idiots. So boys and girls, don't go to sleep at the post. That's the lesson for today. Like, subscribe, follow, rate. Catch you next time.